This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. But this is the issue. There's only one Jesus. It's the Jesus of the Bible. It's the Jesus of the Bible. That's why we say Jesus of Nazareth. You know why? Being very specific. It's that Jesus who was humble enough to be raised in a ghetto called Nazareth. The Jesus born of the virgin. The Jesus who lived a holy life. The Jesus who, because he hated iniquity, was anointed above his fellows with the oil of gladness. That Jesus. The Jesus, the man of sorrow. See, guys, the war is over this. Who is Jesus? And if it's not the Jesus of the book, it's not the right one. And I would even say this. It's the Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. You cannot cut out the Old Testament. That's happening too. And let me say this. When Paul is talking about the law, he's not talking about the Old Testament scriptures as a whole. He's talking about the law of Moses. Are the Psalms law? They pierced my hands and my feet. Early in the morning will I seek thee. Is the Song of Solomon law? Is the Song of Solomon law? No, it's a love book. What's so law about this? I put my hand on the latch of the door. It drips with myrrh. Is that law? Is that law? Is Isaiah 53 law? By his stripes we are healed. Is that law? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Is that law? Him being wounded for my transgressions, is that law? Are the lamentations law? Is Job law? Cover not my blood, O earth. That's Jesus speaking. Are the Proverbs law? Is Genesis 1 law? Darkness hovered over the face of the deep, and God released his spirit and it brood. What? That's not law. Is Jeremiah law? There's a war over the identity of Jesus. And if we lose the sanctity of the Old Testament scriptures, we lose a piece of him. And a jealous bride at some point says, no way. No, we're not going that far. And God is raising up those kind of voices who say, you know what? I'm willing to be misinterpreted, but not to my Jesus. No way. Because a true bride is jealous of his identity. They want his identity to be properly presented. You don't have to do it angry, but you better know the scriptures. It's time to go back to Sunday school. Seriously. It's time to go back to Sunday Some of the stuff I hear, I wonder, wait, did you even learn about Jonah and the whale? No, really. Did you learn about Daniel and the lion's end? Let's just start there. Now, on top of that, the Gospels are being challenged as law now. Because it was pre-cross. And even the Beatitudes are considered law in some places. Let me say something real quick. Jesus is the covenant. Jesus is the covenant itself. That's why he said at the Last Supper, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Where's the covenant? In him. If you want to experience covenant reality, It must be in Christ. And the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus are not law. What did he say about his words? 
My words are spirit and they are life. Do you know what that's saying? When Jesus speaks, he speaks Holy Spirit. Let me say it this way. Pretending we're a cartoon. When Jesus opens his mouth, a dove flies up. And that dove lands on a hungry heart and ignites it with spirit reality. So now we eliminate the Old Testament and now we go after his words and try to eliminate those. What is law about blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What's law about this? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When Jesus speaks, he releases the very breath of God. That tells me something. If I speak Jesus' words with an awareness of Jesus, I release the Spirit when I speak. Don't shortchange solid preaching, guys. We need it again. We need it again. Fifteen years ago, we created a movement to bring in the visitors in churches. We call it seeker-friendly. And what did we do? We eliminated the supernatural with hopes of bringing in people so we wouldn't trip them out. My, my approach has always been Somebody jumping out of a wheelchair is great entertainment for a visitor. I think they'd love it. It's much better than the video announcements. Way better. If anything, it will bring the visitor. So years ago, we said, no, boom, we pushed that out with hopes of winning people in a more normal way. We're not supposed to be normal. We shouldn't be weird, but we're not supposed to be normal. Now... Since we've tried to eliminate manifest presence and glory, now we're going after the scriptures. What you're left with is a body of believers with no word and no presence. And a Jesus that they're building themselves. And guess who God's called to raise the standard? You. See, a prophet is not a fortune teller. They are a truth teller. They answer to no one but God. They yield themselves, yes, to spiritual mothers and fathers, but they fear the Lord. That's what the Bible says when it says, fear God, honor the King. We honor men and women, but there's one whom we fear, God Almighty. We are called to release the word of the Lord. So, when Jesus speaks, spirit is released, and life is released. They are spirit And they are, what? What did Jesus say before Lazarus was raised from the dead? He said, I am resurrection and? Why did he say that? It wouldn't have been enough for Lazarus to simply been raised. He needed life to stay raised. If he would have said, I'm resurrection, that means Lazarus would have jumped up and gone straight back in the tomb. (laughs) That would have done no good. Sweet, boom, and straight back in. But we need resurrection and life. So when Jesus speaks, that's what he brings to the table. Spirit and life. He quickens you and sustains you. The words of Jesus 
wake you up in the Spirit, and they keep you up. Now, what are words? Think about this. And my, my heart here is that you'll be armed. Because trust me when I tell you, I've seen it, and I'll quickly share the encounter in about five minutes. I've seen it. There's coming an onslaught of deception. You need to be armed with the Word. That doesn't mean you forsake miracles. You're going to have more miracles. I preached this at Infuse the other night in Temecula. The power of God hit so strong, and I didn't even preach on the power of God hitting so strong. God just wanted to say, I like what you're saying. Boom. God endorses what He's saying. What are words? Think about this. What does the Bible say? Say that. What does the Bible say? Say it. I'll tell you. The Bible says this. It's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth... Where do words begin? Okay. How are they released? I move my face, right? It starts here, and I begin to move. Right? Ultimately, it requires breath to release them finally. If I try to speak to you without breathing, no sound comes out. Would you agree with that? Okay. That's what the Bible says in the Mount of Beatitudes. Jesus sat down, remember, opened his mouth and taught them. Whenever Jesus speaks, he breathes. You, you missed that. Jesus sits down. It takes his place of authority. That's what that's speaking of. He sits down, takes his place of authority. It's very important that we see him as having authority before he'll speak to us. Once he begins to move, he opens his mouth. That's his movement. And he releases his breath and speaks. If we have an issue with the words of Jesus, we have an issue with his heart, because that's where they start. It's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So if I don't like what he says, I don't like who he is. Are you with me? If I don't like what he says, I don't like the internal reality of Jesus. I don't like his heart. That's why the Bible says Jesus was in the bosom of the Father. So Hebrews 1 comes along and says He's the express image of God. He speaks God. Jesus Himself has perfectly represented God. Why? He was in the bosom. He was in the heart. So everything Jesus said started in His heart. For it to find its way to us, He had to move. If I don't like what He says, I don't like His movement. I don't like what He does. No way to separate it. If I don't like his words, I don't like his heart. And if I don't like his words, I don't like his movement. But ultimately, for it to become sound, he has to breathe. So if I don't like his words, I don't like his spirit. To diminish the words of Jesus is to diminish the Holy Spirit. Because that's what's come to the table now, is that the Pauline revelation trumps the words of Jesus. When all Paul wanted, I just read it to you, I press on to the excellence of him. Paul was way more into Jesus than Paul. Jesus said this, when the Holy Spirit comes... He will remind you of everything I said. So if I don't love His words, I don't like the ministry of the Spirit. 
He also said in the Great Commission, what was the Great Commission? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make disciples of the nations, and then what did he say? And teach them everything I have commanded you. In other words, teach them the words in red. And I'll give you a tip here. When in doubt, copy Jesus. It really is WWJD. I know that sounds corny, but it's true. That's the assault. The sanctity of the Word. Guys, this book has made it this long. And you mark my words, it's coming under assault in this country. You see Richard Wormbrand, these greats, and these greats that suffered. They didn't suffer because those communist governments said they could not worship God. They just couldn't worship the right God their way. We have to turn the tide in this nation with allegiance to God. It's not hopeless. Is there coming a revival? Yes. But guess who God's going to entrust the revival to? Those who have been faithful before it comes. That's what the Bible teaches. If you're faithful with a little, you get a little. If you're faithful with much, you get much. If you're faithful with another man's goods, you get your own. If we can't steward the voice of God, the Scriptures, we're never going to steward an outpouring of the Spirit. That's at stake. His identity, His Word, and His Gospel. There's one Gospel. There's not more than one gospel. There's one. So Paul said, if any man preach another gospel, let him be accursed. And the Revelation calls it the eternal gospel. You know why? It's forever, and it's heaven's song, and it can't be changed. You know why? It doesn't need to be. It works perfect. It works in Iran. It works in Saudi Arabia. It works in Laguna. It works in Canada. It just works everywhere. The simple gospel that man is cut off from God outside of repenting and turning to Jesus. I heard a friend the other day preach to a bunch of young people. The message was, if your life's messed up, let Jesus get in and fix it in the boat. He said, what'd you think? I said, it was great, but it wasn't the gospel. If you've not heard the cross, if you've not heard about the blood, if you've not heard about lay your life down, if you've not heard about come to this cross of Calvary and be washed... Whiter than snow. You've not heard the gospel. You heard a message, but it wasn't the gospel. Amen. Amen. And the gospel crushes principalities. And this is what I want to get at, and then we'll close. A few months ago, I was waiting on the Lord. Something we like to do as a culture, my friends and our ministries, we, we like to get up early. Not that you have to. It's not a doctrine, but it helps. It helps. Jesus prayed in the fourth watch very often. That's when he walked on water. That's when he climbed the mountain. There's something to it. I'm not saying you have to, but there's something to it. I'll just, I'll just say that. You can begin to see and hear and encounter. Seem the birds aren't chirping. The kids aren't up. What I like to do is get an espresso, a triple shot. Because it's that early. Hey, I'm a human being. Drink it real fast with a straw. Boom. And I go sit down. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's the anointing or the caffeine rush, but I feel something when I'm doing it. <coughs> feel something. Hey, if you're not going to feel the anointing, feel something, right? And so I began to wait on the Lord. And a deep stillness came over me. And that's what the Bible says happened to Peter when he was on that tanner's roof. The, the Bible there calls it a trance. I know that freaks people out, but that's what the Bible calls it. The trance is kind of like, it's kind of like the Novocaine so that God can speak. Pretend the vision is, is, is the surgery. The trance is like the Novocaine to get you in. Uh, and that's what happened to Peter. I know that's a scary word, but that's what the Bible says. And I felt a deep stillness come over me, and then two spirits appeared to me. They were beautiful to the eye. Check me out. They appeared to me in my, in my prayer room. <laughs> Had I not been in the Spirit, I would have run a million miles an hour through the wall. <laughs> and they were gorgeous. They looked like crushed diamonds. And they were just sitting there, beautiful, white, full of light. And the Holy Spirit came, and he, He's so faithful. And He just stayed next to me. I've learned something about Him. He doesn't just shepherd us through the mundane, you know, chores of life. He even shepherds us in these encounters. He takes care of us because He knows we're out of our comfort zone. Isn't that wonderful? We can trust Him even when we're in an experience. And He says to me, these two look beautiful, but they're not of God. And I had felt that in my heart. And he said, do you want to know who they are? And I could tell they were very high ranking in the spirit. I could also tell that much of the prayer that's going on in America was not flustering them at all. I'm just being real here. It wasn't, they weren't, they weren't nervous. They were very secure in their position, which is sad because Jesus totally destroyed them. That's what the Bible says that we, that the Lord will crush Satan under our feet. Problem is, our feet are in the wrong place. We get the, we get the privilege of smashing his head and, 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 and walking out what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. But these guys were very calm. And this is what the Lord said. Do you want to know who they are? I said, yes, Lord. He said, that one is the spirit of the age or the spirit of the world. He said, that one is the spirit of perversion. And in my heart, in those encounters, you don't have to speak. You, your heart thinks or heart speaks and the Lord hears it. And this is what my heart cried. How will they come down? Because I knew they were very high ranking. When my heart cried that, the Lord said, do you want to know how they'll come down? I said, yeah. He said, they must come down for the end time harvest to come in. That's what he said. And then he said this, because I was wondering, how? Whatever we're doing is not working. How do we punch these things in the mouth? This is what he said. The gospel's the answer. And I came out of it. Yeah, you can give the Lord praise. He said, the gospel. Preach the gospel. But preach my gospel. The reason they're still hanging out 
is because nobody's hitting them with the gospel. When I say the gospel, I mean Jesus. But when I say the whole gospel, I mean the whole Jesus. That means he is lover, but he's also Lord. That means he is shepherd, but he's also a warrior. That means, yes, he's a conquering, victorious king, but he's also a meek servant. The gospel. The Jesus that washed feet is the same Jesus that raised the dead. But we can't dissect him and call it the gospel. Then, weeks later, I went into another encounter. I don't have time to share the whole thing. I don't. (laughs) What time is it? What time is it here? Oh, that's right. You guys are part of Preston Benny's class. You guys are like, man, this is awesome. (laughs) I'd say something, but I'm not. I'm not going to say Well, I have to obey the Lord. I can't just fire these things out. Because we want the Lord to honor it. I had an encounter on June the 3rd. I, uh, remember the Azusa Centennial in 06? I only made one session. That was Pastor Benny's. And he worked me hard enough I couldn't go anymore. My back hurt from catching. Everyone thinks you st- preachers start by preaching. No. You start by carrying Bibles and catching and serving. And I was really tired, so I didn't get to hear this man's session. But I count him as a, he's an amazing apostle. His name is Cesar Castellano from, Medi- from uh, Bogota, Colombia. He really started the G12 movement. He's on Dr. Cho's board. He's a true apostle. When Jess had, uh, had her issues, when she, she got kicked out of Bible school, like most PKs, <laughs> and uh, she was very rejected, and she was kind of depressed. And uh, Pastor Castellano and his wife were here, taping, and they looked at Jess, and they said, a curse has been spoken over her. They didn't even speak English. And they said, let us take her to Bogota. If you knew Jess, the chances of getting a yes out of that request are slim and none. But she said, okay. And Pastor Benny said, okay. And so they went. And uh, they basically loved my wife into freedom. And she said she felt a heavy spirit come off her. They didn't even speak the language barely. They just loved her and prayed for her day and night and contended for her soul. Man, when's the, when do you hear about this kind of thing anymore? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you heard about a pastor in Southern Cal <coughs> spending all night and all day with someone until they got free? <laughs> but we would if we realized that God entrusted that soul to us and that we'll answer one day. And so they took Jess and loved her into freedom, man. And today she's the most soft, loving. She's still strong. (laughs) Trust me, she's strong. (laughs) But she's a loving, Jesus-loving, powerful preacher, wife, mom, all-star. So I honor that man, but I didn't get to hear him teach. And Mikey or Mabel gave me his CD. They said, here's Castellano's message. I put it in. I was still pastoring WHCC here, and I heard him say something. He said, my, my ministry was dying, it was dead, and instead of working harder, God told me to go on vacation. Isn't that nice? 
He said, so I was walking the beach, and I had a vision. And in the vision, God showed me a discipleship movement, and we call it G12. Now they have 750,000 people in their church. 750,000 people in their church. One session could have 100,000 to 200,000 just in their pastor's conferences where Jesse went. And one vision from the Lord changed his life. And it came while he was on vacation. Catherine used to say, Miss Kuhlman used to say this, Don't you remember Elijah? So discouraged and he ran to the desert. And God's remedy for him was not another prayer meeting or another great service. God's remedy was a nap and an angel food cake. (laughs) Elijah didn't need more work. He just needed to rest. So on June the 3rd, I was driving from Orlando to Daytona. It's like 45 minutes. I had all the kids in the car, all three in Jess. It sounded like a chimpanzee farm on fire with no exit. My car was the most least spiritual car on I-4. It was horrible. I thought I was going to lose my mind. Blah! I was like, my God, this is vacation? I used to hear my parents say that. We're going to need a vacation after vacation. I didn't know what they were talking about. I totally got it. And my heart cried something in this weird, crazy daycare-like atmosphere in my car. This is what my heart cried. Lord, and I haven't listened to that CD since 2006. This was this year. And my heart just cried this. Lord, you visited Castellano on vacation. Maybe you'll visit me on vacation. And I thought, that was a weird thought. Just kept driving. A setup. Yeah, God set me up. Put my head down on the pillow. that night to go to bed and my spirit was lifted that's what Ezekiel talked about I was taken by the hair I was lifted and went into a vision let me tell you something guys this might sound weird to you but it's the truth we miss a lot of the visions because we don't go into them because we're not still enough to have our heart lifted God does not kiss moving targets If you want the knowledge of God, you have to be still. That's Psalm 46.10. Sometimes God has to work just to still us. Hem us in. Let things happen in life. To do what? Just to sit in a rocking chair and say, Jesus, I haven't said I love you for a long time. Do you know I cried out for revival in this county for years and forgot to tell the Lord I loved him? To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.